Hey friends, if this is your first time listening to the Spillway podcast, we encourage you to start at the prologue and work your way up to this sequential episode. If you choose to forge on despite this plea, keep these four things in mind. First, we are a serial. Our work is relational, and the beginning episodes are about building trust, familiarity, and shared frameworks and contexts. And also, white people talking to white people about white people things is a newer concept for a lot of folks. We don't want to push people into the deep end. So please, save yourself the headache. We'll be here when you're caught up. Two, stay in your own lane. We build space to examine, critique, hold, and love white people as we navigate pushback and relapse in the mechanics of white supremacy and white shame within white culture and white culture alone. And that's however much we can in the fluidity of culture. Three, we're in the combined fabric of destiny. Our humanity, as Dr. King defines, is interrelated. Everyone is caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be, and you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. That's point one. Point 3.5, we are a piece of the broader racial justice movement. We're not trying to divert resources nor claim that we're a one-stop shop. Being in cross-cultural community, educating ourselves, and being in good relation is unquestionably vital to our work. This show is about white people, cleaning and mending our own section of the fabric and the work we need to do before, during, and after showing up in shared spaces. And lastly, one right way. This form of grounding empathy, compassion, patience, and understanding at the core of white culture may or may not work for everyone. That's okay. There are other resources out there. We all share the same goal as beautifully defined by Adrienne Marie Brown to create a world where everyone experiences abundance, access, pleasure, human rights, dignity, freedom, transformative justice, peace. We long for this. We believe it is possible. We're trying this approach, but that doesn't mean that it's the best or right approach for you. If it doesn't apply, let it fly. And with that, for better or worse, we began entering the spillway. When violence happens against and to people of color, white people have a vast spectrum of responses from complete inaction and not thinking about it and refusing an emotional response to a hyper fixation on action, round the clock thinking and vigilant emotional dysregulation. Both of these responses completely refuse to acknowledge our own humanity and the need to put on our own oxygen mask first. In 1963, Martin Luther King wrote in Strength to Love, in a real sense, all life is interrelated. All people are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Paralyzing responses happen from an action to being stuck in overdrive. Neither of these are sustainable. And here, Jenny and I want to hold space for each other and for other white people in a way that honors the paradox of being white in the U.S. 
We'll reconvene with our regularly scheduled focus group next week. But for now, join us in this space if you'd like. I feel like my brain is going 100 miles a minute and I'm not really sure where to start or what to do. Um, why don't you talk about what came up for you? We can start there. I mean, we don't have to use it. My very first thought as soon as a notification popped up on New York Times on my phone was, oh, I hope my friends are okay. I have two humans that I love that are in Buffalo. And then my second thought was, wow, this is becoming more common. Like just a few weeks before was uh, the shooting in the New York City subway system. Uh, and so like the uptick in incidents like of this level, of this magnitude, because mass shootings happen, unfortunately, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was point two. And then point three was this like really awful scratch just like in the back of my head of like, I really hope this wasn't racially motivated. And then it was, I mean, they're still saying allegedly, but based off of all of the pieces that are coming through the news about like what was inscribed on his gun, Mm -hmm. uh, the great replacement theory that he was talking about, like on his live stream, Mm -hmm. on his way up there, uh, like all of these signs are like clearly pointing to this is white supremacy. This is white supremacist, this white nationalism, terrorism. Uh, and just the fact that like having to say allegedly because he hasn't been convicted yet or mm-hmm. that like when he went in front of a fucking judge, he pled not guilty. Mm-hmm. Like the fuck, like, what the fuck? Like that, that's, and then I get really sad. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am so fucking frustrated that black people can't go grocery shopping without fearing for their lives. Like, it just feels so intentional to be like, you can't have food. I will kill you while you try to get food to sustain your life, to nourish your body. And then I had this moment. Um, so you text me the, the morning after mm-hmm. with the New York Times article that was like updating as it was going on and mm-hmm. I know this wasn't your intention. Mm-hmm. Your intention was for, for it to like land as a compliment, mm-hmm. but I became terrified uh, when you said, I didn't know about the great replacement theory until you told me about it, or I mm-hmm. wouldn't have known about this without your work. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately felt because like, as this like larger context, we're also in the process of people receiving the spillway podcast out of context Mm. and then contacting us and being like whoa this is so problematic oh yeah okay and we're like whoa whoa, whoa, hold on this is a serial it's not an episodic show what do you mean oh well i didn't read or like listen to the other episodes but you need to change this regardless and so this whole like out of context thing has been like in the back of my mind Mm mm-hmm because we're having these conversations, these recorded conversations, and people are dipping in whenever they want to. And so what if there's some 
stupid fucking white nationalist listening to this and was like, oh, because of the spillway, I now know about the great replacement theory. Let me go over here to 4chan and fuck up some shit. And then became like, oh my God, how do, how, how do I do this work? How do, how do I do this work in public? And again, I'm reiterating, I know that wasn't your intention at all. No, I don't know. Yeah. And so it's been really, yeah, I've had a lot of, um, a lot of like deep sads, a lot of grief. Uh, I like grieve for the futures that we won't know mm-hmm. because these lives were taken from us, mm-hmm. from the world. And also like, it just makes me want to do the work all that much more because like, it's such a clear demonstration uh, that white people are fucking hurting and hurting so bad, but not calling it hurt and killing people because we devalue mental health, because we devalue education, because we devalue community. I mean, those are some bold statements that, yeah, and there's exceptions to every rule, but like, and then there's this other piece too, Jenny, where this awful massacre has happened and they do not want to then chime in and be like, hey, I've got a service that's going to help with this or like help with the pain or the hurt or try to capitalize off this in any fucking capacity Um, because we are culturally not at a place uh, where we are thinking about our combined destinies and that our humanity is wrapped up in this moment too as white people that we are hurting and grieving and have moral injury that we have a perpetrated induced traumatic stress because of this fucking asshole. And some of us are going to get stuck in this moment and it will radicalize more people. How did it play out for you since Saturday? Well, I didn't know about it until Sunday, actually, because I was, that's why I sent you the article a day late because I, was thought it had ha- was happening in real time when mm. I was looking at it. It was con- I wasn't. You know. It is confusing with that live update. Um, I was wrapped up in in working and didn't see it until then. Um, so actually, my my partner told me about it in the car. We were headed to go have lunch. And the, it was like, so, you know, that so where something's happened. So I was like, okay, buckle in. And uh, <clears throat> he told me, you know, breakdown of what had happened. My first thought was of just hopelessness, like all of the color drained out of my face. And I was just like, this is some fucking shit and then I was like okay well it's already happened I can't change that but what can I do moving forward and I was like well Lauren's work is about this and I need to take what I've learned and start having conversations because that's what I do best as I talk So I did, I had it with my partner, I had it with my relative and 
I don't see a lot of people every day. So there is that problem, but I went through my books and I found books that would educate me on how to talk more um, about this with confidence, but also, and also with compassion. Um, because I, I also learn through books. That's my, my school, my church, like that's what I do. So, so that's what I, that's what I've been doing. It was more, I don't think I'm allowing myself to understand the amount of loss on a personal level. Um, Why not? Cause I, I just can't, my heart, I, my heart can't, like, I can't, I, 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 part of it is that I don't want to shed tears that aren't mine to shed. Um, I, they don't need another white person crying over them. They need a specifically a white woman. Um, they need me to get my shit together and start talking to other white people. That's how you save lives. So, so that. Yeah. I also just like want to hold space that like, that's how you save lives. And also like the reason that we're saving lives is because they are lives. They are people. Oh, for sure. No. I, and I totally understand that part of it. I'm not yeah. saying that they're not people. Otherwise I, I wouldn't yeah, care. Yeah. Right. But I also, I can't think I wrote in my morning pages this morning that I like can't think about those people individually because if I do, it'll crush me. Like I can't think about that. I mm-hmm. think about them as a collective and there was something great lost. And that's all I'm allowing myself to feel right now. Because if I go any further, I will be paralyzed by fear and I will and sorrow and I won't do anything else. I can't think about how each of them was a person and had dreams and worries and what the last thing they were thinking before they went to the grocery store, which was like, maybe like, oh shit, my phone's dying or there's a rock in my shoe or like, who knows just human things. I can't, I, I can't allow myself to go there only because I know myself and then I won't do anything. So I donated some money to somewhere that I thought would actually help specifically the families of the people who died. Mm -hmm. And once I I'm working more this week and once I get more money, I'm going to donate to organizations that are going to help the wider community. And I'm going to keep educating and keep talking and keep showing up to this podcast. And I hope that it makes the difference. I love that we're having different experiences out of this that are both like moving us and propelling our like like our positions of advantage and privilege in the world. Yep. And also just acknowledging, you know, the the limitations that we that we have as just humans. How yeah, yeah how we show up or can't show up. I mean, you know me, normally I'm just a puddle with anything. Yeah. Just a little puddle of tears. And I don't think that that's wrong, but what I noticed with myself is that if I allow myself to go there, at least initially when something happens, then I don't move forward. I don't find anything to hold on to and I just drown. So I, I made an active choice not to do that this time. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I understand that. I think there's this um, Rudy Giuliani quote that is coming to my mind. Oh my goodness. <laughs> was it when he was in front of the the car garage? Yeah. <laughs> God, he's such a fucking mess. Um, but like I want to say like a decade ago um, my dad was like you should read his uh, autobiography mm-hmm. and I was like okay why whatever like and I was like looking for something to read and he just like hit me at the right time with this wreck and so I picked it up like not really thinking too much about it he said you can miss a wedding but you can't miss a funeral and that's just like his little like a little adage that he lives by or lived by I'm not sure if he still adheres to it but I thought like that's so brilliant that like when when things are happy and things are joyful like it's great to be invited it's great to be included but when we are hurting when we are like in our deep hurts and harms and we don't know which way is up to be in community oof like what that does for ourselves and for mm-hmm. each other like it's huge it's huge and so maybe yeah it's like this broken clock moment but it's i think I keep thinking about uh, tears and white women tears. And that seems to be this like really intense through line throughout, not intense. It's just like this consistent through line. <laughs> you can say intense. It's okay. It feels intense maybe because like, <clears throat> I think about it a lot too, mm-hmm. because it's this non-binary femi human. Like I cry a lot. I've been like crying during this episode while we're recording mm-hmm. and thinking like, where are these tears coming from? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what purpose do they serve? And I think it is, like, it really is connected to this, like, broader concept of humanity. Mm-hmm. And they feel healing. They don't feel weaponized or, like, uh, controlling or manipulative. But rather, we lost lives. Mm-hmm. We lost human life this mm-hmm. weekend because someone didn't like the color of their skin. Yep. We collectively. Mm-hmm. And that is so fucked up mm-hmm. and so I, I grieve for the future that we won't know mm-hmm. like the the mothman prophecy mm-hmm. the, no not the mothman prophecy the no butterfly the butterfly effect, effect. <laughs> i was like mm-hmm, the mothman <laughs> prophecy and then i was mm-hmm. like wait the kids in the cornfield with the weird moth thing <laughs> with the, the bridge butterfly. that fell Mm. Well, that's, di- that's a different thing yeah wow. the butterfly effect yeah like if one thing had been different right right yeah like if he'd gotten stuck in a traffic jam or pulled over or right. you know anything anyone on the fucking live stream were to have called them and been like hey this shit is happening yeah it's probably very clear um at least right now from what i've read through the times in the ap is that it was well known that this person had problems like uh, social, emotional, relational problems. I mean, he allegedly threatened to shoot up his school. Like this person wasn't running around trying to be in good relation with his community, but the community for whatever happened or for whatever reason, there wasn't uh, like a, a white elder or a friend or um another white person in the space to go like what is happening or maybe there was but it was went the other way radicalized him even more Mm -hmm. 
Oh, fuck, Jenny, that one hurts sideways and hard and weird because shame culture is not about building relationships. I mean, to get into the, like, whataboutisms of that, like, I could only imagine some person deeply invested in white shame was just unrelenting and wasn't there to build a relationship or an end. Yeah. I saw a picture online of him and his parents sitting around a Christmas tree, and I kept thinking about the communication breakdown that all of them were experiencing or like what not only like how did you fail him as a parent but like how did we fail him as a community as neighbors as other white people and I feel like that's where I that's part of like where my moral injury comes from is like witnessing experiencing failing to prevent like this deeply held ethical belief that all life has value and that black lives matter. And this human said, nope. Um, so Ashton Berry, this post that was sent to me by, uh, that I was like tagged in for the spillway. Ashton writes, white people do not want to hear this, but if you are not in community with BIPOC people, you are most definitely raising a racist child. The questions is will they be passive or actively racist and what level of harm will they commit and at what pace will their actions escalate or plateau and raising white children in community with BIPOC people isn't a cure-all by any means but intimacy requires humanity and that is a bare minimum and many of you will feel fear over being identified as racist but not concerned about what that means for you as a human we spend so much time discussing what trauma does to black people. Frankly, I know firsthand what it does. What I continue to be perplexed by is the lack of studies and discussion about whiteness. If epigenetics is the study of heritable phenotype, why is it we are not discussing white supremacy cultures traumatic influence on white people through generations? I'm not sure how any white person can hear about what happened in Buffalo and not question what terrorists lie among their own communities unnoticed. I'm gonna lose followers over this and I don't care. How many excuses need to be made for your family members who participate in white supremacy culture at every level? If you have people who vote for anti-abortion laws, they are committed to white supremacy. If they vote against gun laws, they are committed to white supremacy. If they are pro-police, they're committed to white supremacy. I'm just not sure how white people are asking black people if we are okay, as if this is one-sided. Are you okay? Are you okay with being part of a community that keeps cresting terrorists? It's not normal to have regular police killings and violent shootings of citizens. And it's not normal. And, it, and to me, like going back to, like as this was like first hitting me, it was, oh my God, this is becoming more normalized because of what just happened in New York City just a few weeks back. I don't know how to like do this episode at all. What is your, so what's your goal with this episode? That's a great question. What should our goal be? Like if we, oh, okay, yeah. Let's create, let's try to create some kind of like forward moving space for white people in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we can't become paralyzed by this or mm -mm. frozen. Mm -mm. Uh, and so we continue to do the podcast. We continue to do this work. Mm -hmm. We continue on with the spillway and having these conversations publicly. But then, like, what are we asking of white people in this moment as white people? 
like maybe this is the like if you're if you are feeling any of the things that we're feeling or you're related you're relating to them or feel strongly about this and don't know where to go that's why the spillway is here reach out email uh reach out to the spillway on instagram or facebook we can have these conversations together as a community and it can be a place where we can unpack stuff and have a gentle hand to help us move forward if we're not sure where to go i'm not also licensed as an individual practitioner sure uh and so i can only help people like so much uh by my own professional capacity, but also like legally. I think that that to me is where the spillway spaces are so important mm-hmm. because I'm only one person. Right. And two people can be in relationship, three people are in community. Sure. And so the spillway, which is an entirely free resource, is a space for white people to get together to talk about our white feelings and to talk about white action to dismantle white supremacy from the inside. So, so where do they do that then? Like if the spillway is that, then where how do they how do they access that? Oh how like do Instagram, we... like Facebook, like I mean, we're posting every single day. A majority of my work thus far has been people DMing me. Gotcha. Okay. And I do have individual conversations with people, but I okay. am like no capacity have been asked uh to like hold individual therapy space for people. Or to be like, hey, like, let's jump on this thing and like, let's unpack this. But rather I get like, someone will share a post with me and be like, oh, this is really frustrating. Or, oh, I saw this and it made me think of like the spillways work Mm -hmm. or, whoa, can you believe that this is happening? And we'll have Mm -hmm. like a back and forth Mm -hmm. and I'll hold space for them and hold space for their feelings and their like experience around whatever's happening for them. Okay. Um, But to create like a consistent space, it is also this like larger invitation to invite your white friends to the space too um because i think in much the same way jenny like you've said like you've used the spillway to talk with your partner to talk with your relative um sometimes you don't know that they need to talk to or they don't know that they have the access to that conversation too and so like having multiple people seeing the same prompt and then sharing it and then suddenly you're in each other's dms just off of the like the spillway prompt for that day going, oh my God, I completely disagree with this. What do you think? Or this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't understand. And then you can talk it out in your DMs together, but at least the spillway created a prompt for you to have that conversation with another white person. Uh, One of the other things that I would highly recommend um, because our work is so communal and because our work is about relationships and it is relational, send a friendship request to everyone that you've unfriended because of their racist views like white person to white person. And I know that that one's really hard and that one can be really big, but we have, I think, gone back into these echo chambers that feel really safe. And we started to create safe spaces when we really wanted a healing space because we instinctually knew that white supremacy impacted us too as white people, but our privilege turned into saviorism. And we just like swooped in and said, oh no, no, your pain is my pain. Rather than, oh wow, I have my own fucking pain too. Yeah. And having more conversations with people like that's, I think, another immediate like do. One of the other things I'm thinking about is around action. Uh, Is around action. Policies and laws are our value statements as a culture. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, there's this like whole 
conversation about gun rights and second amendment claims that well i get canon should have its own episode i i think it's safe to briefly mention policy around critical race theory because we've already had this conversation with dr amy hillier um like crt is still being debated as we round out the end of the first school year with this like newly elected school board um, configuration across the states. And so it's important to check in to see how policies around race and racism and our education systems have, if at all changed, and how we can like safeguard attempts to create colorblind, culturally irrelevant, racially illiterate education for uh, our children and within public schools. And sometimes like not even within public schools. No, but just like education more broadly. Jenny, what else are you thinking? As a as a organization, we need a like you said, a strong community. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the main problems is that white people don't have that sense of community. No. Or if they do, they don't want it to be they want it to be aligned with people of color directly mm -hmm. right and ask people of color to make white culture right yeah yeah and to me um community and culture building uh, one of the things that i just like learned through my education is that it it's it takes time yeah. i am i am in the clinical sense i am doing a community assessment currently <laughs> talking with as many white people as possible and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what white people need so it's like research that's all that this podcast is to me Gotcha. is research. And I think that that's where we've hit a couple of snafus and that like in the very first episode of the show, we talk about the do see hear model of education uh, that people need to see what's going on, hear what's happening, and then we can like create into action. Uh, but those first two steps are incredibly important and that's what we're doing right here. We don't know what the do is yet. And these snafus kind of have happened as people approach the podcast out of context because they're completely missing um, the foundational understanding that this podcast is about research. It's about trying to figure out the seeing and the hearing so that we can translate this all into a do, into an action. I have like period, like I've sprinkled it. You'll find like throughout a few of the episodes, I'm like, we're talking about research. You, um, um you Julia Child. Research. <laughs> we'll talk about Sprinkle the research. But we didn't start that way. Gotcha. Um, rather of like, hey, come along on this journey. We're trying to build white culture. And to do white culture, part of that just requires research. Understood. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about this conversation? I feel like we've got like a lot for like mm -hmm. a good 20, maybe 30 minute episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be hell to edit for you though. This is what I'll do tomorrow. I would rather uh, stop and like acknowledge this moment and try to like organize and also grieve. And like, it's again that like duality, be like really fucking sad and frustrated yeah. and gutted and uh, not stop and keep working because this is huge fucking reminder of to why we do this work. Yep. Here's to Aaron Salter, Ruth Whitfield. Pearlie Young, Catherine Massey, Deacon Haywood Patterson, Celestine Cheney, Roberta Drury, Margus Morrison, Andre McNeil, 
Geraldine Talley. We wish we knew your names and lives under different circumstances.